appreciate you joining us. And uh, from the preacher study, our, our Bible study, uh, Kevin Clark is here with me. Uh, one of the members here at Oak Mountain, he does a lot of teaching and preaching. And so uh, you've benefited perhaps from gospel meeting that he's held in the congregation where you are. We've certainly benefited from his work here at Oak Mountain. My name is Bob Hutto. I'm the preacher here at Oak Mountain. We're sitting in the preacher's study and uh, going through the book of Ephesians. If this, if this is the first time that you've been with us, we hope that uh, you benefit from it and tell somebody about it. Absolutely. Maybe we can yeah, yeah, draw yeah. in others to studying the scriptures together. And so we appreciate your being with us today and hope that you benefit from our study together. We're going to start again in Rome, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Mm-hmm. We're going to maybe finish up the last couple of verses that we looked at last time and then go into verse 17 and, and following today. So that's Amen. going to be the focus of our study. Kevin, any introductory remarks? Well, today? just want to thank everybody for taking the time to uh, watch the podcast and want to thank Jason and Mark over here, our two deacons here that always help us out with the technical uh, capabilities. And we've said many times, if it were left up to Bob and myself, this would not happen. So we appreciate these talent, uh, talented men and their, their uh, sacrifice and their family's sacrifice to help bring this program to you. All right, very good. So let's get into our study, Ephesians chapter 4. You know, one of the things he's talked about in the book of Ephesians is how God draws um, people who are of different backgrounds together Mm -hmm. into one body. We saw in chapter Mm -hmm. 2, there was a good long discussion Mm -hmm. about that, how Jew and Gentile are brought together in one body. And they are to work together in that one body uh, for the benefit of the body itself, to increase the body and edify the body. And then, of course, as they look outward, to bring others into the body of Christ as they they take the gospel to them. Mm -hmm. But one place where that's emphasized is here at the end of this section we looked at last week. Let's pick up in in verse 14. So Mm -hmm. Paul has said that Christ has given certain gifts Mm -hmm. to men, apostles, Mm -hmm. prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm -hmm. We talked about how the common trait among those was teaching. Teaching. They are all teachers. And through their teaching, then the saints, just Mm -hmm. ordinary Christians are uh, equipped to do the work of ministry or do the work of service. And so we learn the truth from what we are taught. We learn Mm -hmm. learn the truth. And one of the benefits of that is that we're not blown about by every wind of doctrine that comes along the way. Mm -hmm. And then verse 15, speaking truth in love, we are to grow up in all respects into him who is the head, even Christ, (laughs) from whom, that is from Christ, the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Mm-hmm. And so Paul compares, think about the local church. Yeah, right. Paul compares the local church to a human body. Right. So think about the human body and all of its mm-hmm. di- different parts and the joints that, you know, mm-hmm. you have joints in your hand and in your legs and in your back. And so... All the joints, all the parts, perfectly fitted together. And each individual part has a function to the strengthening and the well-being of the body. Mm -hmm. And so the the hands have a part, and Mm -hmm. the eyes and the ears have a part, the Mm -hmm. mouth and digestive system and circulatory system. All of that, it works together, blends together, uh, and uh, the end result is the well-being of the body through right. what each individual part that's right. supplies. Mm-hmm. And so that's the idea. Now, that's not an unusual figure. Paul no, talks about the church as a body in Absolutely. other places. He Can does. you think of a yeah. couple of other places? Yeah, Just over, cite over in the Scripture. Over chapter 12, yeah. he talks about that. And In fact, over there, he makes the point that uh, each part 
uh, has its designated function. And even each part has to be respected. And just because the eyes are not the ears, it doesn't mean the eyes are not important because the ears are not the eyes. It doesn't mean the ears are not important. Each part has uh, its place. Uh, chapter, verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 12, he says, For as the body is one, has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greek, whether slaves or free, have all been made to uh, drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were the hearing, where would be the smelling? But God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. All right, so again, that, and he deals with it in a little bit more detail mm-hmm. and more uh, at length there in 1 Corinthians right. chapter 12, but the idea is very similar to what he says here mm-hmm. in verse 16. And the point that I really want to raise to the surface is, is that idea that the, the proper working of each individual part. Right. And so every part of the body, just mm-hmm. like in our human body, right. every part of the body has some yeah. function right. that helps the body thrive and grow and prosper and all of that. Every part in the local body of Christ, every member has a contribution to make to, as he says here, the building up of itself in love. Amen. So we're going to build ourselves up. Right. You know, we're, we're going to build ourselves up. Right. And we might invite someone from the outside to come in, yeah. but that's part of the process. Right. And so every person has a part to play, a contribution to make. And it doesn't matter whether he's the preacher right. and he's up in front of the, right. uh, the congregation week to week uh-huh. or a Bible class teacher right. who's standing before the congregation yeah. on a regular basis or someone who works, sometimes we say, in a behind-the-scenes right. way yeah. and doesn't get any notoriety or recognition, but he or she uh-huh. is fulfilling his or her part right. to build up the body of Christ. Every person listening today, If you're in the body of Christ, you have an important contribution to make. And I want you to understand that. Don't don't, uh, minimize your role. Don't think, well, I'm I'm, I'm just whatever. And I I really don't have much much to give. Now, that's just not true. That's right. Um, And uh, it may, of course, it may be that you're just the person who's to help this person who's in need. And so... Every individual part mm-hmm. has a contribution to make in the building up of the body of Christ. Kevin, yeah, I, I love that phrase by which every part does its share. So every one of us has a responsibility. Everybody has a share. And if any one of us falls down on the job, it's just like a football team. If if the guard says, "Well, I'm not the running back and I'm not the quarterback, so I'm just going to take off and I'm not going to try hard," well, then the defensive line is going to come in and get to the quarterback and get to the running right. back. Every part of that team has to do its share. And in the church, every member has to do its share. And just because you're not in front, just because you're not uh, preaching or leading singing, that doesn't mean it's not important. Wherever you're at, wherever uh, you're serving, it is needed for the entire body to grow. You take that out and it's going to be suffering. It's going to be hurting in some way. So I have a a little saying that I like to to share with people uh, and um, to to encourage them along these lines, every member working. That's right. Every member working, Mm -hmm. doing something, Mm -hmm. you know, doing whatever you're able to do to build up the body of Christ. And so it may be teaching or it might be serving in some capacity or meeting a need that someone has or, uh, you know, a word of encouragement or exhortation or a card. But whatever you can do, Mm -hmm. whatever you can do, well, you do it to the increase of the body of Amen. Christ. And so it might be 
this member helps another member. Right. Uh, but, but that, of course, all of this together, if all of us are contributing our, our part, well, the body will increase Amen. and be built up. Right. Well, let's, let's move on a little bit into the next section, verse 17. And in this section, Paul puts before us to the two ways. I mean, that's not an unusual way mm-hmm. of, for okay. uh, the, the Bible to teach. There's this way and right, this way. Right. Jesus does that in Matthew, Matthew ch- seven, chapter right. 7. Uh-huh. There's the broad way uh-huh. and the narrow way. That's well, here right. he puts before us the two ways, and he tells us to abstain from one, or mm-hmm. avoid one, or leave one, and mm-hmm. embrace the other. And he doesn't say it in exactly that way. He talks in terms of putting off and putting on, uh-huh, uh-huh. putting off the old and putting on the new. But right. it's a very similar idea. There are two options. Right. You need to avoid this and embrace this. And so Amen. let's read a few verses. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in, in the futility of their mind. And so let's, he's going to describe the Gentile way of life. Mm-hmm. Now, you remember the Ephesians were Gentiles. That's he right. talks about that yep, in chapter does. 2. All right. Verse 11, therefore remember that formerly you, the Gentiles Mm -hmm. in the flesh. And so Mm -hmm. he's reminding them of their former way of life. And so don't walk, which is simply a figure of speech for live or Mm -hmm. conduct yourself or behave. Mm -hmm. Don't behave like the Gentiles. Now that's what you used to be, and you need to put that aside. And then he describes it. In the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, had given themselves over to sensuality Mm -hmm. for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. Now, if that doesn't remind you of Romans chapter 1, if we had more time, we'd go over there and he gives a fuller description of the Gentile way of life. But notice what he says here about Mm -hmm. the Gentile way of life. Mm -hmm. Futility, darkness, Ignorance, the hardness of heart, they're, they're, they're callous. They're given over to sensuality mm-hmm. and impurity and greediness. Greediness, I think, is just excess. Right. And so, um, you know, everything all the time. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and so that's the Gentile world. That sounds a lot like our world, our world doesn't today, it? Absolutely. Uh, sensuality, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, impurity, right. excess. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know, some people's. Uh, a goal in life is to have everything all the time. That's you know? right. So that's the way people sometimes live. And that's the way they lived. Amen. And of course, the end result of that is, as he says back in chapter 2, uh-huh. you were without God and had exactly. no hope. Right. Now, he says, I want you to leave that mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. And then verse 20, you did not learn Christ in this way, indeed, if or since, mm-hmm. since indeed you have heard of him and been taught in him, right. just as truth is in Jesus, mm-hmm. there's that idea of being taught exactly. again yeah. in truth. Yeah. And so how do we become united with Christ? We're right. taught, taught. Yeah. and we learn the truth that's in him and embrace mm-hmm. it. That in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old man or mm-hmm. old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit. There's further mm-hmm. descriptions, not mm-hmm. very... It's not very flattering, is not it? It's, it's pretty, pretty negative view of the Gentile world. Mm-hmm. And that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new man, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. And he's going to give some detail in the following right. verses. Right. But so put off the old man, the old Gentile way of life, 
with its immorality and sensuality and ignorance and all. Put, put that off and put on the new man which you learned in Christ and is created in the likeness of God in righteousness and holiness of truth. Now, he gives us the key to achieving that. So that's what, that's what we want to do in our life. We want to turn away from sensuality and yes. impurity and excess, and we want to embrace righteousness and holiness and truth. So how do you do that? Mm-hmm. Well, verse 23, that you be renewed in the spirit mm-hmm. of your mind. Mm-hmm. The battleground is the mind, isn't it? it? Is. That, that's, where it that's where it happens. Mm-hmm. And if our mind is given to sensuality and excess right. and those kinds of things, well, that's where our behavior is going that's to be. Right. Right. But if our mind can be transformed, if our mind can mm-hmm. be made new, according to the knowledge of Christ, well, then we can live a life that's righteous and holy and is of the truth. Amen. So let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about the renewal of a person's mind. Mm -hmm. How would you go about accomplishing that? Let me just, Uh, let me just add while you're thinking about that. Romans chapter 12 is a a passage that is very much like this passage. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world. And so that's that old Gentile way mm-hmm. of living, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed, how? Mm-hmm. By the renewing, renewing of, of your mind. mind. And yeah. so it's so important for yeah. us to have the right kind of mind. In the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4 mm-hmm. and verse 23, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. That's right. This man thinks in his heart, that's what so he easy. is. That's it. And so it's so important that our mind and our heart be shaped right and be informed so that we can be the kind of people that we ought to be. Yeah, when I think about getting your mind in the right space, one of the verses I think about, Colossians chapter 3, uh, beginning verse 1, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. In fact, he goes on in this very same series of passages to talk about this distinction between the old man and the new man. But notice it is, you've got to set your mind. It's an intentional, purposive thing to think about spiritual things, to be spiritually minded. Romans chapter 8 makes the the same point in, in, in very stark terms about how important it is to be spiritually minded. And the contrast starts out in 8 verse 1. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Then drop down here in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh and set their minds on things of the flesh, uh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is empty against God, it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then, this is strong, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so we're told very clearly that if we're not spiritually minded people, we can't please God. We've got to be thinking. Now, how do we get that thought process? The Word of God. The more time you spend in the Word of God, studying it, reading it, as Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, meditating on these things, you you saturate your mind with spiritual things. What do you spend your time, your spare time in? It, those are the things that are going to be reflected in your heart. So, And you also have to be careful at the same time while you're putting the right stuff in is to keep the wrong stuff out. 
So we don't want to be watching things that glorify sin. We don't want to be watching things with a lot of profanity or listening to things with a lot of profanity and things of that nature. We want to think of spiritual things. As a man eats, so is he. So if you eat a lot of junk, you put a lot of garbage in, what do you get? Garbage out. So we want to be spirits in mind. We engage in prayer and we spend time in studying the scriptures. We go to Bible studies. We go to worship services. We have singings. And if you're constantly in that frame of mind, guess what? you're building that spiritual frame of mind that's going to keep you thinking about heaven and not so much on the earth. We want to change from the inside yes. out. You know, you can't put a square peg in a, a round, round hole. hole. That's it. Yeah. And you, you can't be a person, a righteous person, if you have unrighteous thoughts. If yeah. your mind is set on ungodliness, right. you can't be a godly person right. any more than you can fit a square peg and into a round hole. hole. Yeah, I like that. So... Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever <laughs> yeah. is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is go of good report, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Yes. So we have to renew the mind. Right. And if we can renew our mind, mm -hmm. we're well on the way we are. to being the kind of people we ought to be. That's right. We're not just doing what we ought to do. Right. We become what we yes. ought to become. Yes. If we can do that. Well, then we can do what we ought to do. Absolutely. It'll come naturally for That's us exactly right. if we can become what God wants us to be. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, our time got away pretty quickly it did. in it this did. session, but I uh, appreciate everybody joining in and listening to us. And I hope we've brought some things to the surface that might Amen. help us through the day. Just focus on becoming the kind of person the Lord wants us to be by renewing our mind, getting our mind uh, right and uh, thinking on the right kinds of things, and that'll, that'll help us. Amen. If we can do a little bit more each day, well, then we can make progress in that area. All right, we close with a word of prayer. So, Brother Kevin, if you'll Let's lead us, it. we'll bring the class to an end today. Dear Gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you so very thankful for all the things you continue to give to us. Uh, we thank you for life, health, and strength. We thank you for the prosperity we enjoy. We thank you for our families, uh, for those of us who are parents. We thank you for the children you've entrusted us with. Truly, they're an heritage from you. Uh, we thank you for this country we live in and a standard of living that truly is unparalleled in the world. And we thank you for all uh, the true riches that we have. Uh, we hope that we have been good stewards of those and using those things in a way that bring glory and honor to thy name. Uh, but as much as we may enjoy these physical things, the most important thing we enjoy, those of us who have been baptized into your Son, into the body of Christ, is the fact that we have a relationship with you, that through the death of your Son, we can be called your children, your servants, your soldiers, your ambassadors. We're so very thankful that our sins have been washed away in the blood of Jesus, and we thank you for that great sacrifice. Uh, we've talked uh, at this time about the idea of having our minds in the right place, and we'd ask that you would help us to center our thoughts on you and spiritual things, to spend much time engaged in prayer and reading and studying the Word of God, meditating on the things that are taught therein, and to begin to see things through a spiritual lens, to be, as Romans 8 talked about, spiritually minded, and to be careful about the things that we feed our minds with, what we read, what we listen to, what we hear, what we watch, our entertainment. Uh, let us make sure that we guard very preciously the heart because out of it springs the issues of life. We ask that you continue to be with uh, us as we try to be a light in this world and to think about the ways we can influence our neighbors, our coworkers, our fellow students, our family members, always looking for souls to save because we're here on a mission, and that is to bring souls to you, to seek and save that which is lost, which is the mystery, which was the mandate that your son had as well. We thank you for all this uh, opportunity that we have to spread the word. We hope that everybody under the sound of my voice who's listened to this program will be blessed by your word. We know that it will not return to you void, and may it accomplish the purpose for which you uh, gave it to us for. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.